Aloha, everyone, and how's it from the 50th State of the Union? Yes, I guess you're wondering why I'm using all this fantastic Hawaiian lingo, but indeed, we're bringing Random Song Encounters, episode 24, this week from the Hawaiian Islands as we close out what feels like an endless trek that began way back in 2023. Uh, We're sending out episode 24 this week, and we're going to call it Tiny Bubbles from our last stop on the big island of Hawaii before heading back for some downtime at the home in the desert. Just, um, uh, I was thinking about this and did a little research, and, and as far as the islands of Hawaii, it, it's really surprising. I know I was surprised at the number of big-name artists that uh, were born or grew up in Hawaii, uh, the likes of Bruno Mars, Bette Midler, uh, Cecilia, Cecilio and Capono, Yvonne Ellermann, uh, James Mercer of the Shins, and Jack Johnson, to name a few. But no one bigger in my book than the late, great Don Ho, who you know, kind of, um, <clears throat> you all know, or you should know, from his ever-classic tune, Tiny Bubbles. Let's hear a little rendition. Tiny Bubbles Tiny Bubbles Sing along. And the wine <laughs> And the wine Make me a happy There you have it. (laughs) Tiny bubbles. And in honor of Don Ho and his memory, the late great, we've decided to call this episode, as I mentioned, Tiny Bubbles. So there you have it. But I digress. So let's uh, get back to the real reason we're here and kick off this week's segment one. We're going to start off with a tune back from 2006. My dead boy and the elephant man. See you on the other side. A spirit climbs my spine to the brain, following the railroad tracks down again. I needed space with soul. Maybe we can die there. Maybe we can stop.
there you have it. That's what we love about this great, great tunes, but randomly spanning, in this case, five decades. So, so that's what the show is all about. And as your host, Gene Vincent, it's my job to make sure we keep it random. <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning of this segment. Segment one, as it were. And we start off with a tune by Dead Boy and the Elephant Men. Great uh, band name there. And their song, Stop, I'm Already Dead. They're out of Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> From their 2006 LP, We Are the Night Sky, which was their second release. Uh, these folks were an indie rock band active between 2000 and 2007. They started out as a full band, but by the time this album was released, they were down to just a duo, uh, similar to kind of a you know uh, the White Stripes, uh, and they've been had a lot of comparison to the White Stripes because of this duo, uh, which consists of guitarist and frontman Dax Riggs, along with the female drummer Tessie Brunett. So uh, similarities there, as well as in in the music and the delivery is is, is very similar. Uh, in this case, their music. Uh, are, is referred to as uh, swamp music. Uh, the band finally, though, did split for good in 2007, but a uh, great track there to start off the show. Stop, I'm already, already dead. Then we went back to 1974 and a track by Steeler's Wheel out of Scotland. Uh, their song Star, from also from their second LP, which was called Fergus League Park. Uh, they formed in 72. Uh, school, two school friends guy named Joe Egan and Jerry Rafferty, who you may know of uh, or have heard of from his subsequent solo career. Uh, and, you know, Steeler's Wheel is really best known for their gigantic hit back in the day, Stuck in the Middle with You, which was made popular uh, in the Quentin Tarantino film Reservoir Dogs. Uh, this album itself... Uh, come or the album title comes from an area in, in Paisley, Scotland called Scotland called Fergusley Park. So hence the name. Uh, by the time they re released their third and final LP in 1975, though they had already split due to uh, in some internal strife between the two, and as well as some managerial and business-related tensions. But uh, Jerry Rafferty, of course, has gone on and had a, a great solo career, and also got involved in producing. I think we talked about some of that uh, his production ventures in prior episodes. Uh, while Joe Egan uh, left the music industry altogether after uh, one solo LP release. But there you have it, another great tune, Star from Steeler's Wheel. After that, we came up a little bit to 1984 and a song called The Backyard by Miracle Re Legion out of Connecticut. Uh, from their first EP of the same name, Bat the Backyard. Uh, they formed in 1983, uh, but only had modest success in the U.S. for some reason. You know, it's, it's odd how some these things work somehow, but uh, they were better renowned in the, in the U.K. Uh, the lyrics themselves for this particular song, The Backyard, focus on, uh, on the band member and composer of the song, Mark Mulcahy's Youth. Uh, hence the backyard and you know things that happen in, the, in and around the backyard, so on and so forth. Uh, you can tell in this particular song as well. Uh, you hear that uh, reminiscent sound that's very similar to REM, 
and they've uh, this group had a uh, at least initially was compared in a lot of ways to REM, uh, and that was part of the reason this particular record uh, got some acclaim and, and found some regular rotation on MTV because of those similarities. But future uh, releases kind of you know the com comparisons went away as they went into different you know they both went into separate uh, types of um, music uh, transitions. The band is it. The, this particular band, though, Miracle Legion, disbanded following their uh, last release in 1996, and uh, so there are no more. And another one of those kind of one-hit wonders with uh, the backyard. After that, we heard a group out of Belgium called Cage Choice, and their song "Not an Addict." Uh, comes from their 1996 LP, Paradise and Me, which was, again, that's three in a row, it's their second LP. Formed in 1994, uh, two siblings, Sarah and Gert Bettens, they teamed up to form the band. Uh, as, uh, Sarah had gotten a deal to a record deal and had to come up with a band to fulfill the commitment uh, that the, you know from the contract. So... Uh, Gert joined the band, and they were originally called The Choice, and they released actually released their initial debut LP under that name, uh, but later found out another band had the identical name, and so they changed to K's Choice to avoid the legal issues. They actually picked K uh, for K's Choice just at random. They kind of wa walked through the alphabet and looked at <laughs> tried to decide which letter sounded better with choice, you know, the A choice, B choice, C choice, and they landed on K's choice. Uh, and they thought, thinking that was the, the best one, uh, the best sounding letter from the alphabet to go with choice. Um, Sarah uh, came out in 2019 as a transgender man and has since changed his name to Sam. So, uh, and you'll, you'll find references now uh, to Sam Bettens in, in, in a lot of their literature. Uh, this this song originate from Sam's previous experiences with drugs and has views on substance dependence. Uh, the band is still out there putting out music. Uh, the last uh, album that they put out was uh, of new music was in 2018. So uh, keep looking for them. Kay's Choice still out there doing their thing. After that, we closed out segment one with a tune from 1969 by 10 years after, out of the UK, and their song Stoned Woman from their third LP called Shh, that's it. Uh, that's the band, <laughs> I'm not telling you to be quiet, that's the name of the album. Uh, the band's core, formed in 1960, led by Alvin Lee, who's the uh, lead guitarist and vocalist, but, uh, and as typically changes as bands form and, and you know, they evolve, uh, uh, they went through a number of man cha uh, member changes and group names, and they finally landed on 10 years after in 1966. Um, it's supposedly a reference to 10 years after Elvis Presley's successful year of 1956. Sounds a little, ho little hokey to me, but, you know, that's the story. Uh, they were actually the first act signed by, at that time, a startup label called Chrysalis Records. Uh, everybody's heard of, I, I would assume. Uh, the album release was timed uh, to coincide with 
the band's performance uh, at Woodstock. They they uh, they were able to get a, a slot at Woodstock and and just you know had a great 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 performance at Woodstock. Burned the place down, not literally literally, but uh, musically. Uh, and as a result, uh, this album came out and it was a, a big big hit LP for them in the U.S. So there you have segment one. We're gonna roll right into segment two and keep the thing going. Think keep our uh, tiny bubbles going uh, with a song uh, actually about tiny bubbles as well called Bottle of Wine. So here we go.
yeah, there's segment two. And some great tracks there. Close that one out. We're going to start from the, uh, the most recent tune and work our way back this time, as we usually do on the show. Uh, we heard a cute little pop ditty from 1983 by the group OXO out of Florida and their song Whirly Girl which was off their debut LP. They formed in 1983 as a, as you can tell, a dance rock band uh, led by their front man and former lead singer of the group Foxy. His name is Angel Ledesma. Uh, they released what is their lone LP the same year and contained this single. Uh, song is supposedly about Angel's girlfriend at the time. Um, and it was originally called Worldly Girl uh, instead of Whirly Girl. But after trying to sing it a few times, they found it was uh, sloppy and too difficult to try to sing Worldly Girl, uh, especially in a, in a, a beat track like this. And so they uh, took the D out of it and called it Whirly Girl. And uh, because of that, they earned themselves in a, uh, a part in the pop history books as the only song to ever use that phrase, Whirly Girl. So there you go. They have uh, something in the record books tied to this song, even though they uh, were short-lived. Sadly, as soon as the song hit the charts, the band started breaking up. So yet another case of one-hit wonder syndrome. Not sure if that's the quickest that's ever happened, but you know maybe that's something we can investigate down the road to see uh, you know, what, the, what the quickest one-hit wonder uh, uh, process was. Or, or a song associated. Before that, everybody knows Led Zeppelin out of the UK and their song Misty Mountain Hop from their 1971 EP, Led Zeppelin 4, as I'm calling it, which was their fourth LP. They formed in 1968 and originally went by the name of the New Yardbirds um, for a specific reason. Um, Jimmy Page, uh, was able to get uh, them a record deal that gave them considerable, uh, a lot of artistic freedom based on his prior work uh, in and around the music business and specifically with the Yardbirds. And of course, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, John Bonham, the, the core group make up one of the best-selling acts of all time with nearly 300 million units sold worldwide. Um, the band itself kind of an odd thing they were bo formed uh, originally in an, uh, because Jimmy Page uh, the Yardbirds is kind of had he'd left the Yardbirds and they kind of splintered off and split for a while and but they still had a commitment to uh, by contract to uh, do some tour dates in Scandinavia so he needed to put a band together uh, to fulfill that commitment and so he started looking around for for folks to fill the band um, they needed to they first looked at doing a super group uh, and it was going to include Keith Moon and John Entwistle and Jeff Beck and, but that fell apart you know, as another story uh, so they ended up enlisting what became the, the book guys in the group that what became Led Zeppelin and they were able to fulfill the dates and then uh, completed the tour and then started on uh, their debut LP from there uh, they, of course, had to go through a name change because of legal issues with trying to continue as the Yardbirds. Uh, supposedly, 
Led Zeppelin name comes from a conversation that included Keith Moon and John Entwistle when they were going through this supergroup idea, and the guy said, hey, you know, this this idea is not going to work. There's too many big heads here. It's going to go over like a lead balloon. So they took that uh, and tr- tried to turn it into the name. Drop, they dropped the A from lead uh, to, from L-E-A-D from L- to L-E-D, so uh, to avoid confusion, thought people might try to pronounce it lead, you know, lead balloon uh, or lead zeppelin, and which wouldn't go over well. So they they dropped the A to come up with lead balloon, and then they replaced balloon with zeppelin. Uh, Jimmy Page came up with a suggestion, I guess, because it, it's a combination of heavy and light and combustibility and grace, uh, according to him, and so. Led Zeppelin, there you have it, the name. Uh, the song lyrics by Robert Plant deal with the clash between students and police over drug possession. And the title of the song, uh, Misty Mountain Hop, comes from a reference to from the J.R.R. Tolkien uh, book, The Hobbit. The album uh, itself, the album cover uh, information is unique for its time. It has no text on the front or the back cover, just that picture of the, the older gentleman carrying the sticks on his back. Uh, you wouldn't know who the album is, is by or what it contains. Uh, its only identification is inside the inner sleeve and on the label of the record, uh, which contains four symbols. That Each band member picked a symbol that was supposed to represent them. Uh, so the album, you know, they call it Led Zeppelin 4 just because it was their fourth LP because there's no other reference. The album is also sometimes called Zoso because the Jimmy Page, uh, the, I guess the uh, symbol that he picked uh, looks like it's a, uh, has the uh, letters written out spelling Zoso. So that's that's the other reference to the name of the LP and how that, that came about. Unfortunately, uh, we all know the untimely, untimely death of drummer John Bonham that brought a swift end to the band in 1980. Uh, they decided, you know, hey, what, we're going to call it quits. They, they ceased the band, and, you know, just on the simple statement that, you know, there is no Led Zeppelin without John Bonham. So there you go, the late, great Led Zeppelin. Misty Mountain Hop, great track. Before that, we heard from Vertical Horizon out of Washington, D.C., and their song, You're a God, off the 1999 LP, third LP, Everything You Want, which Everything I Want itself was a, a big hit, maybe their biggest hit. Uh, they formed in 1991 uh, as students at Georgetown University. And after graduating Georgetown, they relocated to Boston and were able to self-release their first LP in 1992. Uh, this particular LP was their first major label release and their big ba- breakthrough and had four singles on it, like say, Everything You Want. This particular song, You're a God, was a single release and a couple others. Um, the song is about when you give people in your life power over you and you kind of cower down to them and let them run your life, and you know, that's, which is it's just a bad situation in itself. But uh, that's what the song, song is referenced to. Uh, they're still out there. They're still releasing music and touring. Uh, their last rele- release actually came out about five years ago, 2018. So they're due, due for something new, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, I think they're still out there touring to support uh, uh, 
you know, support their work. So there you go, Vertical Horizon. Before that, we heard from another great band, Queens of the Stone Age, formed out of Seattle, Washington, and their song I Sat by the Ocean from their 2013 LP, Like Clockwork, which was their sixth. The band is formed in 96 by frontman Josh Holm, uh, who has been the only constant member of the band, at least up until 2013, when they when they kind of got a fixed uh, a fixed band me- member scenario, and so they've been pretty constant since for the last 10 years. But uh, throughout the uh, the history of Queens of the Stone Age, they've also used a lot of collaborations and a lot of guest appearances, like Mark Lanigan, uh, Rob Halford, Trent Reznor, Dave Grohl, so, and the list goes on and on and on of, of, of big names that they've enlisted to uh, in their recording process. Uh, the band was formed after Josh's prior band uh, named Caius, uh, which, by the way, is uh, from uh, our SoCal desert area, uh, Palm Desert, I believe. So there you have that little tidbit of tie to the desert. Uh, the band name comes from a nickname uh, given by their producer, Chris Goss. And the album title comes from the band's recording process at the time when they were, they were, you know, kind of having trouble getting this album together, getting it out. They'd they'd have some good days, you know, and then some bad days, and you know, so like two steps forward, one step back, and they'd go. And somebody would say, "Hey, it's like clockwork," so that stuck, and hence the uh, album name. Uh, the the album was actually put together and released out of a dark period for Josh Holm, where he had a long long recovery from from knee surgery uh, over like four or five months, and then uh, also a near-death experience during that same period. So um, out of that, though, little dark period came a great, great record, and uh, they're still out there. They just released uh, a new album about six months ago, in June or so, and they're out touring to support that. So uh, check them out, Queens of the Stone Age, great, great band. And back at the beginning, hey, bottle of wine, by the Fireballs out of New Mexico. And, you know, to support <laughs> the name of this episode, Tiny Bubbles, we're actually, we broke out the Tiny Bubbles and we're enjoying some Tiny Bubbles currently and as, as well as association with this song, Bottle of Wine. And, uh, you know, you, you got to support the, uh, the process. Uh, it's kind of like a, a Lawrence Welk uh, look here in, with the bubbles flowing. Uh, in any case, Bottle of Wine, Fireballs, 1968, from their 11th LP, also called Bottle of Wine. They formed in 1957, way back in 1957, and were popular in the early 60s. They were originally just an in- instrumental group and had like three hits uh, with on a, just instr- instrumental tracks in the early 60s. And then they added a vocalist in 1961, and they had uh, an additional hit from, from a big hit called Sugar Shack, who some of you may have heard of. Um, this particular song, Bottle of Wine, was originally written and recorded by a guy named Tom Paxton. Um, however, uh, you know, the Fireballs heard it, uh, decided to record a version of their own, and but changed it and only included two of the four original verses and then uh, uh, made a little more, gave it a little more bite. Uh, but Another band, of course, uh, disbanded after one uh, final LP in 1969. So there you have Fireballs, Bottle of Wine, The Bubbles Are Flowing, 
and we're heading into segment three and we're going to start out with a track from the 1980s by Let's Active.
There you have segment three and our show for this week, episode 24, Tiny Bubbles, as we continue to have a little Im- imbibe here. Um, but uh, as usual, drink responsibly, folks. <laughs> it's our PSA for this week. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the segment. We start off with every word means no from Let's Active out of North Carolina off their 1983 debut release, which is an EP called Afoot. They formed in 1981 as a trio uh, by frontman Mitch Easter, who prior to that or during any during that period was best known for producing or and or co-producing you know, all of REM's early LPs from 1981 to 84. Uh, the name of the group was taken off of a t-shirt that Mitch noticed when he was in Japan. It was being sold. And uh, when you think back about this, Let's Active is kind of a odd reference, but uh, when you think about uh, it was probably a an American reference for something else like uh, Let's Be Active or Let's Do Something Active. And the translation into Japanese became Let's Active and that's probably how the t-shirt evolved and that what he saw and became the name of the band because it otherwise it absolutely absolutely makes no sense. <laughs> uh they played the first gig although in 1981 opening for in fact uh REM made a lot of sense. They got a record deal in 83 after taking the putting this EP a foot together and presenting it to IRS Records as a demo. So they signed him immediately and off they went. Uh, they were short lived though. They uh, parted ways in 1990 uh, after a final performance early in that year, and that was the end end of the day for for Let's Active. Prior to that, or after that, sorry, going the wrong direction, uh, we heard Hair of the Dog by Nazareth out of Scotland. I, I wasn't aware these guys are out of Scotland, so that was a new one. I, I assumed they were a U.S. band, but they're Scottish. More power to them. 1975 is where this one comes from. Uh, same album title, Hair of the Dog, their sixth LP. They formed in 1968 and had uh, a lot of early success uh, in Europe and Canada, but uh, nothing really happened for them in the U.S. until this particular album hit the airwaves and uh, uh, then they hit it big in the U.S. from there moving forward. They took the name Nazareth from the song by the band uh, called The Weight. Uh, in the first verse they talk about, you know, uh, uh, reference. there's a reference to uh, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Uh, so they use that reference to come up with their name. Uh, the song itself is about a dishonest young woman who meets her match. Uh, it's also known because of the uh, reference in the chorus. You know, there's no re- reference to uh, Hair of the Dog, the song was referenced as Son of a Bitch, S.O.B. But obviously the record label was not about to let the song or the album carry that title. So there was some serious discussions and compromise that were reached before uh, arriving at the Hair of the Dog for the name, which is kind of a twist on the meaning of S.O.B., which is kind of like, you know, an heir, H-E-I-R, as it were, of the dog. 
and then uh, they just changed air to hair, uh, and it's more of a tire reference to, you know, uh, you go out and you get stumbling drunk, and the next day you have a little hair of the dog to uh, help yourself recover from the ensuing, uh, you know, problems that you have the next day after, after drinking too much. They continued to release new music. Uh, with a revolving lineup, as it were, and, uh, and it often happens uh, with the band together that long. And they last released something in 2022, so check them out. Nazareth, still out there making good music. After Nazareth, we got a little uh, grungy ish uh, hard rock with Seether, group out of South Africa, which is unusual, and their song Fine Again from their 2002 release Disclaimer, which was their debut. Uh, the band was founded in 1999 and originally performed under the name Saron Gas until 2002. Uh, in that year, they relocated to the US, US and as part of their initial deal, <coughs> they were told they needed to change their name because uh, it was found that there was uh, a deadly chemical that also had that had the name a different spelling but a name called sarin gas so they didn't want that reference tied to the group's name uh, so the group arrived at the name seether uh, after the veruca salt song of the same name if you all know veruca salt their biggest hit ever is is uh, seether so there you have it uh, it's notable that when they recorded this album in they recorded it in la and at the time they they didn't have a drummer, and they were in the process of auditioning for drummers. So uh, they enlisted the assistance of uh, drummer extraordinaire Josh Fries, who filled in uh, as the group's drummer during the recording sessions uh, in L.A. And eventually, uh, later on in the I don't know the same year, so on and so forth, they were able to uh, close the auditions and found a replacement drummer, and uh, uh, that was the end of that. Uh, the album was released with 10 different cover versions, which is unusual. Uh, and each version featured people holding up signs depicting uh, a different uh, negative outlook or poor situation in, in life. Uh, the song itself is about divorce and how you can go through a lot of pain and suffering through the divorce process. And, you know, you, know, you, you really get down over it. But at the end of the day, uh, you can be fine again. So there you have it. Seether, great band. Check them out if you haven't already heard of them. Uh, after that, we went all the way back to 1968, as we do typically. I think in this particular episode, this particular segment, we hit again five uh, decades, which is what we do with our random song encounters. But the song, the name of the song, we hit this time was Baby Come Back by a group called The Equals out of the UK off their 1968 second US release LP Baby Come Back same name they formed in 1964 and originally where they they had a three guitar lineup fusing pop and blues and R&B influences it happened a lot in, back in that day there were a lot of a lot of blues uh, influenced bands uh, out there they refer, released their first single in 66 uh, with this tune uh, as the B-side to that single. But the A-side, I don't recall the name of it, was did terribly. didn't do well at all and, and went down the tank. But 
for some reason, DJs got a hold of the, you know, started playing the B-side and loved the track, and it took off, and so it, uh, the band took off with it. Uh, the track was actually re-released in 1968 uh, and was their only number one hit in the UK. Uh, another odd little tidbit about this band, in 1969, they were all involved in an auto crash in Germany, and they were all injured. Some more serious than others. Unfortunately for the band, none were killed, but it kind of uh, signaled the end of the band. So uh, there you have the equals, Baby Come Back. Good little tune from the 60s. And then we close the show out with a track by the Bare Naked Ladies out of Canada. You know them, you love them. Uh, they're they're a, a great band and uh, a lot of fun. From their 1998 LP, Stunt, which was their fourth, and the name of the song, Alcohol, uh, which coincides with our theme for this week, Tiny Bubbles. So, you know, a nice uh, choice there, although random. I didn't have any idea at the time, but there you have it. Formed in 1988. Uh, they had some early success with a self-titled EP in 1991 that supposedly, you know, reached Ricker hit the record books as the first independent release to be certified gold in Canada. So there you have it. The founding members, Ed Robertson and Stephen Page, supposedly met at a Peter Gabriel concert and hit it off, became friends, and started hanging out together. And uh, the band name itself, Bare Naked Ladies, was, was a joke. Uh, the, they used to sit around and pretend they were music critics and invent band names and histories about the bands and just have a lot of fun with it. And Bare Naked Ladies was one of those band names that they came up with. Uh, this is the band's most successful album, Stunt. Uh, uh, and they had a huge hit single off of the, out of this album called One Week, who uh, some of you may know of. If not, check it out. Uh, great song. Supposedly the band, uh, as the story goes, typically they record one song off of each album naked in the studio. And as would be fitting uh, associated with this track, Alcohol. This was the track that they supposedly uh, recorded naked during the uh, album sessions. So there you have it. Episode 24, Tiny Bubbles, over and done with. And uh, let's move forward, close this thing out, and uh, see what, uh, where we go from here. Uh, oh yay! Or, and uh, as we would say, there you have it. Now that was fun, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. In uh, a great way to bring our travels and this episode 24 to a close. Hope you heard something that perked up your ears, brought a smile to your face, and got you moving and grooving. You now that's the that's the object. Keep it random. Keep it fun. Keep it exciting. Uh, something for everyone hopefully uh, thank you for joining us on our extended road show and hope you can continue to catch us each and every week uh, as we settle back home next week on home soil with another episode of random song encounters episode 25 um, we'll see where we what kind of a title we'll come up with from there 
but for now, hey, I got to run. Got to catch a flight home before they close the doors without me. But until then, don't ever forget to share the good stuff. See ya and aloha. <laughs>